Welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. Hey, and I'm Brian. And this is the Bible Bistro. Right. It's, hey, we actually got to sit around a table together today, which we is did. nice. We don't always. Yes, and we ate at the pop-up chicken shop. In Bloomington, Illinois. In Bloomington, Illinois. I, we had some hot chicken. Nashville hot chicken. Well, now, where did it originate? Nashville. Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Patty B's hot chicken shop. But anyway, no, it was it was fun, and uh, we're recording another episode today. Yes. This and- is uh, the Bible Bistro, which is a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and all things pertaining to the Christian faith. We're doing a little bit different now. We still have the music going yes. here, here in the background. It's okay, very a lo-fi okay. right. lounge chill space hop is that i like I, I like our music but anyway we're we're we've cut out the intro topic change yeah <laughs> anyway we've cut out the intro because we're trying to get yeah. get to things a little bit faster sure. but um before we get started we're wrapping up our ephesians this will be the last one in the our ultimate, ephesians series. the ultimate yes. this season the series finale, the final, final of, finale. of uh, ephesians we've been right. going we've there's taken, a twist ending so oh <laughs> Okay. We've been walking through Ephesians, yeah. looking at the different things yeah. that Paul says. And, you know, um, it's, it's been a great, it's been a great uh, trip through Ephesians. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I think, I think the, you know, it's been kind of a long journey, long, strange trip, but uh, I think that, um, you know, the good news, as we mentioned, this, this will be good, you know, together. If somebody mm-hmm. ever wants to go through Ephesians with a class or whatever, it's kind of together and you can, you can go back to it and yeah, absolutely. do some preparation. And, and, and we've, we've dived into some topics that we've heard back from some yeah. listeners that have really enjoyed. Um, yeah. It's been a little different than yeah. maybe they've heard in the past or how sure. uh, we've talked about a couple of things. And I, yeah. it's been really good for me to, again, I think it's so easy for us sometimes to jump into these, into yeah. these books and to read them and think that we know what we're talking about, but sure. to, to come back and spend that intentional time right. with it. So, right. Um, I'm, I'm glad I'm I'm glad we're back and I'm glad we're finishing yeah. it all, all at the same time. Yeah. So uh, we're going to jump into it. But before we do, just want to remind everyone that we are on YouTube at yes. Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro and on Facebook and Instagram, the Bible Bistro. If you want to follow us and subscribe to us on YouTube or uh, Apple Podcasts, and also if you're enjoying the podcast, you can subscribe uh, at Patreon. And so we're doing. What do you a- get if you subscribe for like three months, for example? If you subscribe for, th- I appreciate you asking me that, Brian. If you subscribe for three months depending on your level you can get a coffee cup oh. that has ryan and brian's bible bistro on it cool. which is very high value right or you can get a t-shirt so yeah. you can you can support is the a t-shirt not high value oh it's all high value everything's high value <laughs> anything with our logo on it is high value um but and very uh, rare <laughs> Also a true statement. Um, very rare and very, very high value. But, yeah. um, you know, this isn't a, a venture for us, you yeah. and I, to get rich or anything off no. of. But we do have costs and yeah. um, we're traveling. I'm in Bloomington and you yeah. come to Indianapolis. And we, we love doing it and yeah. we love uh, talking about these things. And, and if you true. find it beneficial, if your group's going through it or you found it personally beneficial, we'd, we'd appreciate your support. So yeah. Excellent. All right. So let's jump into Ephesians 6. We just wrapped up the kind of the household, household list. Yeah. Household list yeah. and um, the submission to one another. Yeah, and so now that was helpful. So. Yeah, and so now we're Paul kind of takes a at least for me like it's a little bit of a different turn well, here. A bit, the, yeah. So he, what he does is if you look at, we'll go ahead and read verse ten for me since you got it there in front. Yeah, of you, Ephesians sure. six, verse ten. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. So finally, here is is it, it clearly marks a new transition to a new subject. 
Paul uses this word frequently toward in his letters toward the end. Sometimes he goes on quite a bit after finally, but this time he's, he's pretty much wrapping up and it's just a way to signal. Uh, and, and sometimes this, this finally points to, hey, this is a very important thing for you to think mm-hmm. about. We see some continuation of some themes we've already seen. We talked a lot about this language of extravagance or powers and is a very crucial word in, in the book of Ephesians. He's talking about what we have in Christ and we're able to, um, you know, with his strength accomplish the things that he's called us to. And so that's what he's saying. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So we're trusting in his power. We're trusting in his strength. Uh, we're depending upon his strength in order to accomplish the things that that he said. And then he moves on into this metaphor, or some would call it an allegory, where you have um, different parts of armor that are that are described, and there's some people who will talk about the background uh, against uh, you know Roman soldier, and this would be a common sight for people when they think about the different parts of of the armor of a, of a Roman soldier. But the interesting thing is, we can't forget that this is also a description that we find uh, in the Old Testament as well. Okay, I think you have a passage from Isaiah there up for us at what chapter fifty nine verse seventeen, something like that, and um, and, and there God is described. In, in armor. So do you have that passage? Or? Uh, I will here in just a second. <laughs> now, you always say I never warn you, and I actually warned you ahead of time about well, this. Right? There's so much happening. <laughs> here we go, 59-17. He put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. So this is a passage about God, you know, and and that he has these these characteristics, some some phrases that are exactly the mm-hmm. same as what we're going to see here in Ephesians. So, you know, we have to be kind of careful here because there's a there's a couple different things at, at play. Sometimes we want to think about, well, what function does a sword have, for example, or what function does the does the breastplate have? Mm-hmm. These kind of things. And I think we don't want to go too far with that. I think what Paul is describing overall is that um, in the same way that God has these things, we have them at our disposal in order to protect us from the schemes, as he calls it later here, of the evil one. So hmm. I think we should take this together kind of as a whole rather uh-huh. than making it too much. Now, at the same time, I think these words like righteousness and truth, salvation are all very important for us to think about. Uh, the, the thing is that it's the helmet of salvation. I don't know that it's like, oh, well, it's helmet because of this. And, you know, right, right. I think that's where we don't, have to be. Don't kinda, read too much into it like uh, that. You know, although I will say the, the, the feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel we'll get to in just a minute, I think is an appropriate one. But really, he's kind of given us this overall picture, I think, of what we have in God and, and our ability to stand against the, the, um, what I would say, the the schemes of the devil, the 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 schemes of the evil one. So, so let's go ahead and get into it. I've kind of given it away part of it already. So, so the summary here is verse eleven: Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Which I've I've already referred to that a few times. Scheme, of course, has this kind of negative connotation of you know things that would cause us harm, uh, things that would be to our detriment. We might say. Mm-hmm. I should mention this, that he he gives, uh, Paul here gives attribution to the devil. Now, we haven't talked too much about this, but a lot of people will separate the books of 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus from the rest of Paul's epistles, okay? Uh, If you do that, the, the, the devil is mentioned six times in the pastoral epistles. Okay. which is first second Timothy and Titus we call those the pastoral epistles the the devil is mentioned by name six times in those books outside of that the devil's only mentioned twice 
in Paul's letters, and both of them are in Ephesians, really? which is kind of yeah, kind of an interesting little tidbit. He does Paul does not use this term frequently, mm-hmm. at least at this stage in his writing, is the way I would say because I do think some people think the pastoral epistles aren't actually by Paul. I do, but but at this stage, Paul doesn't use this word devil frequently. But I think it's it's important to pull attention here to the fact that he does use it. Uh, the word devil here comes from um, the idea of to slander or to kind of cast uh, dispersions against or cast, um, you know, accusations against is kind of the idea. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so you know, the schemes of the devil, what he's saying is that there is this evil one who is seeking to do harm to, to the people of God, and it is God's armor that can protect us. Uh, from from, from the schemes. accusations, mm-hmm. from that slander, from that accusation that he he cast against us, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. So, in more detail, then go ahead and read um, verse uh, verse twelve, and this is, I think is a, a very important, maybe one of the most important parts of this entire passage. Yeah. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So, I mentioned that. Paul doesn't frequently use the word devil. This is the only time he uses this word for struggle. Uh, it can it can mean, and I and I like this kind of translation of it. It can mean, and you've you've even seen some translations that will use this. It can mean wrestle, in the sense of you know kind of a sporting event and you know in the ancient a competition world. wrestling in that sense. Now mm-hmm. the reason I kind of like that idea is it kind of shows, <laughs> you know, wrestling's kind of a hands-on uh-huh. close quarters uh kind of battle that's, yeah it's that's going intense on. it's intense it's personal and, and so i think this idea you know paul again when, when we see a word that paul only uses once or twice it's usually not an accident it's usually very a it. very intentional thing and so when we have paul using this i think it's saying this is this is a really intense kind of battle this is a personal kind of battle we have to be careful in in, in these situations now he says, though, this wrestling or this struggle or this battle is not against flesh and blood. So when I say flesh and blood, what is that? What do you typically think of when you it's think of flesh and blood? It's not against a physical form. Not against a physical form, not against maybe a human being, we mm-hmm. could say. And this, I think, is a crucial thing for us to remember, and it's hard. I'm, I'm going to be honest mm-hmm. with, my, with me myself. It's, it's very difficult to remember that our primary battle is not against other people. Mm-hmm. Now... <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. this is this is what what it comes down to. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, he's going to go on and talk about the fact that that uh, there are those who are influenced by the evil forces that are work within the world, and, and there. I'm not saying that that human beings don't do evil. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that there is, um, uh, you, you know, that, that this is not the the means by which. Um, we see hurt come to the people of God through through people and people take evil actions. But when we focus upon the person themselves and and our battle becomes against them, against another human being, I think we're missing the underlying uh, story that's going on. Right. The narrative, the meta narrative, as we said, that underlines why that battle is taking yeah, place. Yeah, so how would you describe that? How what would it's, you say it's this is sin? Like okay. it's, it's Satan and okay. you know and that it is um yeah, I mean it's it's not against them individually Personally, a, a mago day, you know. Sure, then that's that's it. You know, God's concern, God's desire 
is that all people should come to know him. I mean, and reconciliation. So, and, and so the, the, the evil that is done, it, it's not like, oh, that person then is, is worthy of, you know, condemnation, condemnation, or destruction. I mean, they, they, they receive they that because, Here. because they have gone along with the devil's schemes. As, <laughs> this would be the case with us, but, um, but you know, it, a lot of times we focus upon the person, and it's very hard sometimes to separate this. But here, here for me is is what I I, I preach, and I I try to remember myself. Again, I'm being very honest. This is something I struggle with. But but I think we need to continue to remember when some when someone does evil against us, we look beyond that and we think about where the the true source of that evil is. And and in that sense, we have a common enemy. We we have a even if the person can't identify it, can't identify. It, we have a common enemy, and so my concern is is in somehow to to uh, fight against the devil's schemes. You know, stand against the devil's schemes. I suppose because fight. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Really, stand is what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. To stand in light of the devil's schemes without um, demonizing or how do I say this? Um, um, putting ill. Uh, feelings of mind toward that other person. So that's that's the main thing I think that we we need to remember from this passage. Hmm. Thoughts on that or? Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, I get it, it's hard. For, I think for, for us to parse that out. You yeah. know, I mean, sometimes to think it about is. the individual separate from e- even as people think about me, I could be right. the enemy. You know, the, my own who I am apart from my my actions or sometimes you know I mean like yeah. how I've. And so I think that's really hard for us to, I, I, I see the distinction and I think it's really helpful, yeah. but it, you know, it's one of those things we have to examine ourselves to, yeah. uh, to, to, to be reconcilers, kind peacemakers. Of, kind of, to, you know, reiterate what you're saying there in our brokenness, we hurt people sometimes yes, absolutely. We, we do evil against other people mm-hmm. and, you know, we understand the grace of, of God. We, we, um, you know, look, see, we seek reconciliation, we seek redemption and forgiveness for that. But, uh, you know, in the same way, we want the best for other for other people. And that's ultimately the the desire. God's people in the Old Testament sometimes got this mess, messed up, I think, as well, where they begin to see the nations around them, not as those who are uh, deserving the message of God's grace, but instead were the enemy and the ones who were unworthy of being a part of this. They were worthy only of destruction. So that that's what I think is 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 primary focus now. <laughs> kind of the opposite of that our struggles in fresh flesh and flesh and blood but rulers authorities powers of this dark world and when we begin to think about this we've talked already about that there is this kind of unseen force at work and i don't think i don't think paul here is trying to give us some kind of specifics of you know there are some uh christians some theologians some some churches that focus upon well this is a power and this is an authority you know and and how mm-hmm. that all fits together i think he's given us a general description that there are spiritual evil spiritual forces at work that we need to be aware of and only god's strength and god's power can help us resist that and stand firm in the midst of it or against it so we we're um let me ask you this so, sure. do, you, so do you see rulers and authority going with the powers of this dark world like are they separate like against the do you see that the against the rulers of this dark world is still just a spiritual force i like, think i think so it's not like a tangible so, here okay so let's 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 go there so you're you're thinking in terms of system like world systems and, right. and that kind I, I of just thing. want to make that distinction you know so, so someone hears this and kind of goes well this sure. is a, this is a ruler and they're creating this dark well world. it 
is a ruler flesh and blood would be my question. Right. And so, so I, again, I think that people are in positions sometimes where they're able to do incredibly evil things. If you look throughout history, there's right? been a couple times, <laughs> right? A couple big stories. We have these, we have these rulers who are put in position that the evil they do has, you know, worldwide consequences have, have very far ranging consequences. But in, in the same way we could say, well, and, and here's the funny thing is even as I, I was saying this earlier and you kind of responded, this isn't to excuse our actions. Right. This isn't to say our actions are acceptable or right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a struggle. It's, it's a wrestling for mm-hmm. all of us. Um, you know, Pontius Pilate, we can look at uh, Pharaoh, and of course, then more more contemporary uh, to us, historical characters. Um, you know, it's not to excuse their behavior at all. It's evil, and I think we need right. to call it evil, and we need to be very aware of that. But we also need to recognize, and I think this is what Paul's getting at, and this is what the apocalyptic literature, like when we look at Revelation and so forth, is getting at that there is a spiritual force that underlies this. There's a spiritual force that is behind this. The big story of, of good and evil and uh, of, of the rebellion of creation, God's creation, starting with humanity against um, God's goodness you know, is, is that story and that is that struggle. So, yeah. okay. Good. So here's the, here's then the, the full armor and, and, you know, he says very clearly, there's just, I'll say there's three commands here that we're going to see throughout this entire passage. The first one is put on, this is an imperative. Um, and, and it says, uh, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, so this is kind of the idea that this is an ongoing nature and you need to be prepared ahead of time. Mm-hmm. When the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand, and then I'll go ahead and say verse 14 says stand. <laughs> so three different times there we have that. And anytime you have this word repeated in this way, it really emphasizes that. Um, if we're thinking of a battle, an armor and a battle, it's that it's that idea of standing firm, not giving ground, we mm-hmm. would say, not you know, being in a defensive posture where we are able to stand firm is what we are called to do in light of evil, in light of the difficulties that we face. Um, you know, the expectation is that the day of evil will come and we need to be prepared for it in that. So we're, we're called to stand uh, and only by putting on the full armor of God can we do that. Yeah. Do you, so do you see this? And I know we, um, gonna go you know we talk about sure. the, the sword of the spirit here a little bit it, but is this do you see the armor of god as like a defensive posture primarily i think like this is this mm-hmm. is you know because i think when we think of armor we think on i'm putting on armor because i'm going to fight. gonna be on the attack and it is interesting uh, fight and there's some some commentators who make a big deal about this fight is never mentioned here hmm. okay. what's mentioned throughout is standing okay now this is this is more about absorbing blows than it is about. I I don't want to make it completely passive, but yeah, I, I, here's what I think. Here's where here's the application. I think it is sometimes. I, I'll put it this way: I think we need to be very careful of thinking that our Christian duty is to go on the offensive in 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 terms of the faith. Now, we have things we do. 
Mm-hmm. You know, what, well, let me ask you this. What's our primary, if you want to think about what we're called to actively do, how mm-hmm. would you describe that? When we've discussed the book of Revelation, when we think about here, we think about Jesus' words. To give testimony about the, the work of work of Christ, to, to, and, and, the work and, of God. And here he's going to talk about, we need to fit our feet with, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, right? Mm-hmm. So, so our primary, um, our primary active, if you want to call it that, work is to spread the message of the gospel, is what I would say, is to bear witness, bear testimony mm-hmm. to what God has done for us in Christ. That That's it. So I think, I think Paul is clear here <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that we're, this is not a holy war, mm-hmm. right? This is not a, a, a jihad or, or a crusade you know, to use whichever one you want to use. This isn't a time where we are called to to attack those who are infidels or those who are outside the faith or anything like that. Um, instead, what I think it is, is we're called to, um, you know, to, to be those who are sharing the message of the gospel uh, in order to bring others into a knowledge of, 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 of Christ, of God in Christ, which is what, what mm-hmm. he's desired. So, so the sword of the spirit, though, we will we'll come to that. Yeah, swords, of course, always cut both ways mm-hmm. in scripture. Right? There is a defensive aspect to swords as well. Um, now, I'm going to be clear that that God wields a sword. God is a warrior. Comes out of the mouth. When that's the Book of Revelation, Revelation Christ right? does. Yes. I was going to go there. You know, but Old Testament, the Book of Psalms, God is depicted as a warrior. Um, and in and and in the Book of Revelation, you, as you mentioned, you have the double-edged sword that comes from from uh, the mouth of uh, of of Jesus of the yeah. Lamb, and, and so that that idea of um, but that's his duty, right? That's or yeah. I should say duty. That's that's his prerogative. It's not ours. Mm-hmm. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not mine to avenge, is what Paul would tell us. I think even in Romans is is yeah. what we have. So and Yeah, and, and in Hebrews it talks about it, that cut, the word can cut deep and separate yeah. bone from sinew yeah. and yeah. Uh, how it can pierce pierce us. So, sure. Okay. And in both those places, it is called it is called the word of God, and we'll get to that in just mm-hmm. a minute. But let's look at the full armor of God. It begins with truth. Uh, so stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist breastplate of righteousness in place, breastplate of righteousness we saw back in, in Isaiah. So it begins with truth in this sense. And, 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 you know, we've talked a lot about truth and what is truth. Here, I mean, and I don't know if I can even say here, but truth is that which is revealed by God. It, it is personified in Jesus. It is revealed by God, personified in Jesus. So, so God reveals truth to us absolute truth i would say capital mm-hmm. t truth if you want to use those term true truth if you mm-hmm. want to use um, if you want to use that term um but um you know jesus says i am the way the truth and the life you know um and and, and later when he uh, approaches pontius pilate you know there's this idea that all who are on the side of truth you know uh, that's who i've come for and, and so so it is personified in the person of jesus um, he is the truth. He is the one who is the ultimate revelation of what is true about God, about the Creator, and, and so we're talking about truth in that way. Um, I'm going to tell you a phrase. Uh, we have to be very careful, and I understand. I understand when people use it this way, but I think we have to be very careful 
about the use of the phrase "my truth," uh, and <laughs> I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> well, now come on, I, I understand why. Why you know there, there's there's something to be said for speaking of our experience, but I think we need to understand it as that. It is an experience, not a truth claim. Well, and 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 I think we need to not ignore that there is there is truth. There are mm-hmm. those things that are absolutely true. Uh, and as I've said before, that doesn't mean I know them absolutely or I have absolute access to them. Mm-hmm. But um, but I, I am, you know, truth is something that is revealed to us by God and, and it is unchanging and it is absolute. Right. It, it, it's something that exists outside of us individually. Yes. And so when we say my yeah. truth, we're saying like, this is, I'm creating truth. Right. Now, yeah. what, you know, you say outside of us. Now, we what, could. Go ahead. I'll just say we can only, what, what we've learned what we've learned through thinking about how we know things is we can, we can only know things from our perspective or we can only right. have access. We can only access truth through that. Now, you know, that Jesus is a God incarnate is, is the eternal word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's that idea of the speech uh, that he is the eternal word who has been, who has re- been revealed to us and that the spirit of truth you know, as Jesus calls him in the Gospel of John, the Spirit and truth enables us to understand truth. Um, you know that that is it's it's a God. I don't want to say this is a God directed uh, action through which truth I think becomes apprehensible. Now we're getting we're kind of getting into <laughs> getting in the weeds a little well, bit here. Well, I don't know. We're, it's important. We're getting into what I, what I would call epistemology. How do we know things and what is truth? This kind of thing. You know, Pontius Pilate kind of questions. But but. Um, um, you know, we we do have a limited and incomplete, as I'm always, you know, very aware of, access to the truth. And and uh, I'm going to have <clears throat> my access to truth is going to be, um, to a certain extent, um, limited by my sinfulness, by my bias, by my experience, and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. My being aware of that doesn't mean that there isn't an absolute truth, though, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, because I have limited access to it or I have incomplete um, apprehension of it doesn't mean that it isn't there. And so, so, you know, in that sense, I would agree. <laughs> that was a really long answer to say, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say in that sense, I agree. Um, so anyway, that's anyway, I qualified it, I guess. Yes, but, I'm just teasing you. <clears throat> but it begins with truth uh, is what we have. And then this idea of the breastplate of righteousness. And righteousness and, and and the idea of God's justice, as I've mentioned before, are very closely related. So this is the idea that God is doing the right thing, that he is making, putting things to right, he's setting things right. Um, and, and so there's that idea of the breastplate of righteousness in place. And then I've mentioned this a couple times already, verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, I think, um, you know, I mentioned we have to be careful of, um, you know, the specifics of these different parts of armor. It's interesting he talks about feet here and 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 this idea of the gospel is something that we take. And I think Paul would have understood this. You know, Paul uh Paul was a traveler, he was a missionary, he took the gospel with him. Um, pioneer missionary in many places. In other words, taking the gospel for the to, to place for the first, for the first time, time, including including in these areas like Colossae and others in, in Asia Minor. Um and this reminds me of another passage in Isaiah, which is Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. And, of course, good news is that is that word that we often 
use the word gospel to, to translate, but the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings and who proclaim salvation. Uh, and, and so there's that idea, you're carrying the message of the truth of God uh, with you. And so you, you put your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And so just the same way that Isaiah talks about the proclamation of peace. So, you know, there is your active kind of engagement with the enemy, if you will. Right. It's taking the message of what God is doing. That evil has already been defeated. That the enemy has already been been the victory has already been won. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the is the off, offensive weapon, if you will. Uh, we just need to be careful, even I think thinking about you know how we weaponize things and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But it's it's the message of of an announcement of of peace, the gospel of peace uh, is what we're called to make. And so I think, I think that's a good one And feet fitted with readiness. My point is that that goes along with walking along the roads or along the mm-hmm. trails to take this message with you. Same way that Jesus sends out uh, the 12 and then later sends out the 72 to go into all the, the villages. So go ahead and read verses 16 and 17 then. Yeah. If you would. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So a couple things here. The shield of faith here, uh, the Im- implication is that the evil one is going to send attacks. Um, there are lots of different places in scripture where we read about the kind of, you know, temptation, for example, is one of the ways that that he might attack us. Uh, if you go back to the very beginning, questioning God's truth, you know, again, that that tr- beginning with truth is a very, it's the foundation in, in, right. in a sense. Um, so, so calling God's truth into question is a way that He can He can uh, operate against us. Um, uh, calling uh, in, into question, um, you know, our <laughs> things about us, about our identities in Christ, and these kind of things, I think, are all ways that He can attack. Uh, we mentioned uh, we mentioned before the the temptation account of Jesus and, and, um, you know, the way that he was tempted in the wilderness there to do things his own way rather than trusting in God. You know, all those are, are some of the attacks and there are many other ways as well that we can be attacked. Um, but the idea is that the shield of faith, uh, can extinguish, it says these, these arrows. So it's the image is flaming arrows and it puts, Mm -hmm. you know, puts them out. It keeps them from, from harming us, keeps them from burning us, so to speak. And, And so, uh, you know, so that that idea of the the faith uh, that we have, the trust that we have in God, you know, that He's able to to keep us in the midst of these these kind of attacks. So um, the final thing is then what you've mentioned to us already. Well, there's the helmet of salvation, I should say as well, and, and that again, that God, this is salvation is God's action on our behalf. God's action on our behalf in order to make sure that we are um, in, in right relationship with him. And this is what he's done, again, primarily through Jesus. Um, and, and so so that's that's how I would describe that. And then the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And this is how it's also described in the book of Hebrews, obviously. I think symbolically that's what we have described in um, in the book of Revelation. The only thing I would say is some we, we need to be careful 
the Bible is the word of God, but I think we're, we're, what we're talking about, of course, this is, you know, Paul's writing this. Before the canon is put together. He's writing the Bible, right? Yeah. So so we need to think about the word of God as, as I would say, again, God's revelation, what he has revealed of himself. So we often talk about Jesus as the living word of God, right? And then mm-hmm. we have these revelations, including that which have been recorded as scripture for us. Uh, and, and that is the sword of the spirit, you know, the way that the spirit now, now, the spirit, as we've mentioned before, is involved in the in in the production of scripture, uh, mm-hmm. if you will. But the uh, the spirit is involved in this idea of revelation as well. I think in in speaking the words of God and this this kind of thing. So I think that's what we have uh, we have going on in this in this context as well. So so anyway, this, uh, uh, that that you take up the helm of salvation, sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Comments or questions on any of that? I don't think so. You know, I, I always think about church camp when I was a kid, you know, like I, I remember us putting the soldier together. Oh, you yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Like, and it was like, what's the, what's the sword and what's yeah, the bre- yeah. breastplate? And, um, you know, I, I, I always, I, you know, I don't, I know, I think there is a tendency to think of armor, like from, at least in me, I'm projecting yeah. here, you know, that you're preparing for battle, for battle. In, in an offensive way. And I'm not saying like, defensively is not battling at the right. same time you know but just it was more of a um preparing to to, yeah. to go fight yeah and i mean i again to, to be clear standing our standing our ground is is fighting right, right. And, yeah. and 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 so there there is it, it, i mean paul said at the beginning it is a battle it's it's mm-hmm. wrestling we we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but we wrestle against these powers um, so, so there is a battle aspect to it. I, I guess what I just wanted to, to think was this is a, a battle that is engaged again primarily, you know, our feet. If we think about it, if we if we stretch this allegory here, our feet are our primary means of. Uh, accomplishing God's work rather than the sword. Yeah, now the sword's crucial. I'm not. Right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying it's not, but it's not. You know, hey, I'm going to bash somebody over the head with the truth of God. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, sever their their head from their shoulders. You know, with the with the with the word of God. But it has more to do with I am going to announce God's victory and, mm-hmm. and what what God has done for for this person. You know, what he's got the testimony, what he's done for me in Christ, and what he's done for this person in Christ is, is yeah. And I and I think you know one of the things is is it's the full armor of god you yeah. know just and and i don't know maybe i'm stretching this too far but you know in battle i think if you leave off an important piece of armor yeah you're susceptible i, I don't think that's stretching it and he, he says it twice you know that, that we're basically that is be completely ready you know absolutely right. ready because because if you're not you know that's that's sure. when you can fall absolutely that's a dangerous it's a dangerous situation the last section here and in, in really the last main part of the body of this letter, as we call it, is is verses 18 through 20. I'll go ahead and read it. It's all about prayer. Mm-hmm. Pray in the Spirit. Uh, so, you know, the idea of in the Spirit, uh, I don't know what you want to do with that, but <laughs> well, uh, there's two different passages it brings to mind. One of them, probably the most relevant here, is Romans chapter 8, where it says, even when we don't know what to speak, the, in, the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. Uh, you know, when we, when we speak with groans that are too deep for words, the Spirit knows what we're saying and interprets if you will and Mm -hmm. and so the spirit is a means by which we're able to communicate with god i think is is the idea i don't know that we need to think it in extremely mystical terms although it is all mystical right in that sense uh it is all spiritual literally so and we pray in the spirit on all occasions 
this is a very Pauline thing to say. He, he piles these terms up, all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests. Okay, so so kind of, you know, elsewhere he talks about praying continually, uh, all kinds of prayers. Uh, so, so it's this kind of, kind of thing. We make prayers, we make requests. Uh, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So you see all those alls and all know, these big, yeah, these big, big language, this big language. So he's saying that we continually do this. This is an ongoing act of praying, continually being in, being in prayer on behalf of all the Lord's people. So we're thinking about the prayers that we offer on behalf of, um, you know, our, our fellow uh, members of our congregation, uh, of perhaps missionaries and other Christian workers, uh, of our families, you know, just, just the importance of prayer there in all those things. And let me say, uh, this probably is a good word. We, we talk about pastors here sometimes and, um, you know, there's, it, it's difficult times for, for pastors and there are all kinds, there's all kinds of way in which the battle, the battle is true for all of us, real for all of us, but there are ways in which the pastor is, is under attack and is, is being, is battling. And so praying on behalf of our, 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 uh, uh pastors, our, our teachers, very important uh, part of, of what this means. But all of the Lord's people is what he says. Be alert is the other thing, very similar to First Peter chapter one, but uh, the idea of being being on, um, uh, you know, being awake, being being prepared to make these kind of prayers uh, is, is what he's saying. Pray also for me then, Paul says, very specifically. Talks about, again, his imprisonment, but then the work that God is doing through him. So pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I may fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So he asks for prayers on his behalf that the work can continue even though he is imprisoned and, and, and dealing with this. Yeah. So prayer, very important uh, part it, it, of uh, you know, you know, seeing that connected with the armor of God and yeah. standing strong. Like yeah. the, the prayer is an important, you know, like yeah. as a community praying for one another that yeah. we can all stand firm. Yeah. And, it's, and, a, it's a part of our yeah ability to stand firm. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said. So he then gives this closing and we might as well go ahead and deal with it. It's very short. You know, some polling yeah. closings are longer than this. Often what you have is you'll have final commands. You have greetings given from people, um, you know, just various things. And here he says, Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant of the Lord will tell you everything so that you may know how I am and what I'm doing. So he's sending this letter with Tychicus. Mm -hmm. I already mentioned uh, probably sending Philemon and Colossians along with him. Uh, And so he says, I'm sending him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are. In other words, he's going to tell you more about our situation and that he may encourage you. And then he gives this final salutation we could say peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith uh, by the way the brothers it, it just literally says the brothers it, again as we've mentioned before in a gendered language this would refer to brothers and sisters so that's why the niv 2011 translates it this way mm-hmm. peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from god the father and the lord jesus christ um and you know again these these kind of salutary things grace to all who love our lord jesus christ with an undying love a little bit of an unusual construction there but uh you see faith and love uh being mentioned here in connection with uh you know with the work of of god uh and again thinking about how this connects us as god's people together so that's the conclusion to the book of ephesians yeah it's, it was good it was okay. really good you know and uh you know i i, I really kind of reflecting back on what we've gone through yeah. is even that context that we talked about with yeah. Onesimus and yeah. Tychicus bringing these letters and, and realizing maybe that 
the book of Ephesians was written to the church. You know, this, so. is a, this is a message yeah. uh, for all of us and that there's, um, there's, there's pieces about staying strong yeah. and encouraging one another. And what does it look like to live counterculturally yeah. in some ways? You know, the, the thing for me in the book of Ephesians is, as, as I keep mentioning, this language of extravagance, the, you know, power and that God is at work within his church, that, that he has empowered us, that, that we have this available at, at our um, disposal in order to accomplish God's work. That, that for me is a primary thing. The call to unity um, you know that that this is what God has done in Christ as He's brought us together. Uh, I think if we could grasp the message of Ephesians, as I've said throughout this, I think if we could grasp it and put it into practice, then then we could do you know basically more incredibly more than all that we could ask or imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that we would be able to accomplish a lot on God's behalf. So, yeah, it's a it's uh it's. It's definitely, I think, one of my, I know this is our first, like, kind of Bible study, yeah. like, going through a book, but it's, uh, I really appreciated, like, all the different aspects of it and diving into it, because um, I keep saying the same things on this podcast over and over, <laughs> but I, I can tend to, to, to read it too fast. Yeah. I tend, and tend to miss. Not slow down. Not then. slow down, yeah. but I, I think, yeah. again, as you said, pointing out some of that over-the-top language yeah. and what Paul's trying to communicate through some of that over-the-top language. Yeah. Um, and realizing what we have in Christ, but then how do we live yeah. with with the knowledge of that, yeah, of how, how, what Christ yeah. has done? How do we live that out practically in yeah. the world? And so I think we see a lot of that here as uh, we talk about like spiritual gifts and teachers right. and, and so forth. And then how do we live that out with one another yeah. and, and a body? How do we live it out with, in our homes? Uh, families. Yeah. yeah. And then how do we, uh, you know, engage the world with yeah. it as well, you yeah. know, and like being prepared to um, engaging the world like here in the armor of God yeah. is, requires some preparation yeah. on our, on our parts and, and, uh, being prepared for that. So, yeah. well, I'd say in closing, I mean, if you, if you like us going through a book like this, make sure to let us know a couple people have. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we try to listen to our, uh, feedback that we get. Uh, some of you, I know, like the kind of some of the random things. So we're going to try to introduce that. I'd say we'll do a little bit of both going forward. Yeah. If you have a particular idea for a book, you'd like to see us go through, um, yes. let us know. We're, we're reading, we're reading stuff right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got some other ideas of what's coming up too. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm trying to get Brian to read some more for me. <laughs> Crack the whip on him. Just kidding. Yeah, we keep both of us keep pretty busy, but uh, I keep <laughs> I, lately we've had we've had busy times in the Yes, in but the, I, I think we you know we've we've been reading some books and we've alluded yeah. to this um after our one year, but reading sure. some stuff to kind of talk about I think we're going to talk a little bit more maybe Christian yeah. life, culture and like yeah. how do we engage that and uh what does that mean and how do we live as Christians yeah. in this world? I can't believe we're in 70 what what's the episode number 71? 70, 72. 72. I think 72. this one's 72. Wow. wow. I think. I don't know. Yeah. We're just letting it happen. Just like now Jesus that. sent out the 72. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come back to, for more authoritative <laughs> scripture. Yes. Yeah, so well, I don't know what we're going to do next. We're going to, we yeah. got to figure that out. So if you got some ideas yeah. for us, uh, let us know. I mean, we'll have it recorded by the time you hear this, but, um, you know, let us know. Cause again, we're trying to, we're, we're trying to mix it up with some series yeah. and then some pop-up stuff. Yeah. Um, and so we may, we've got, we've got a couple ideas, but we'd, we'd love yeah. to hear from you. So very good until, until then, just a reminder, you can find us on YouTube at Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro on Facebook, on Facebook and Instagram, the Bible Bistro, you can go to the Bible Bistro.com and find Find us there if you yeah, want to look at there's even a even a support our podcast link. Yes, on there, I think. yes. If you're that's, enjoying the podcast, that's Ryan's favorite link. Well, 
what are you trying to do here, man? Uh, but put it all on you. Fine. Uh, I'm spending money to produce the <laughs> podcast every week, and uh, you know we're traveling around, and so if right. you're enjoying it, we would absolutely appreciate your support. Yep. Because um, we love we love doing it. We hope yeah. it's not just uh, you know for. Our, hope it's useful. We yeah, hope it's that's useful. Whole, that's so if you're finding it useful and. Uh, you're using it in ministry or in groups or something like that. We'd yeah. really appreciate your support. So, all right. Thanks, Brian. I'll see you later, Ryan. Bye. Bye.